Hey, this is Steven, just coming to you with uh, an update about uh, the podcast. Just wanted to make all of you aware who use Amazon Echoes that you have the ability to listen to our podcast on it. If you have the, the AnyPod uh, skill enabled on your Echo, you can use that to listen to us. And also, if you have Stitcher on there, you can listen to us and just ask Alexa to open either of those things and listen to the Dakota Boys. And it should start with our latest episode but um if you're if you've used those things you're still able to flip through the episodes and listen to any of them you would want to so we just wanted to make you guys aware um as that's another way to be able to listen to us and uh hopefully give you another option and and ways and places to do so all right with that we're going to move on to this episode Greetings and salutations to all you crazy people out there. This is Dakota Boys Talk Movies, and this is going to be our review on Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, we just decided, you know what? It's been out like whatever it's been out, like a month, so why not? We're going to talk about it now that the buzz is dying down and actually be able to maybe have a little bit of a civilized conversation about it. I don't know what you're talking about. I plan on stoking the flames pretty hard. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna open. We're gonna open cans of worms you didn't even know existed, people. All right. So the Last Jedi. Uh, just a little like disclaimer at the beginning. There's just really no way for us to talk about this movie with getting into things that are spoilers. Just because basically anything you talk about in this movie ends up possibly meaning something or does mean something. So it's just the way it is. So there's going to be spoilers in this. If that bothers you, don't listen to it. And come back if it so tickles your fancy to do so after you've seen the movie. And so with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into it. So, Dakota, one thing I we always, we've started with in the past, we talked about Star Wars movies, is the opening crawl. Now, I really enjoyed the Force Awakens crawl. I thought it was like, you know, it's been a, you know, it's been a while since we had a good crawl. <laughs> they usually kind of the prequel ones were kind of uh prequely and <laughs> but I really thought they were concise to the point and brought you right into what was going on in Force Awakens. How did you feel about the crawl on uh, on the last Jedi? Before we get into this, I just want to bring up one of the prequel crawls. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, the one for Revenge of the Sith. It started off with the word war, exclamation point. It did. That's right. Like all caps, like <laughs> war. And then immediately as soon as I read that in my mind, I'm like, what is it good for? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, crap. I better focus here. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Important information is coming. Focus, man. Good God, y'all. <laughs> Actually, I threw that in. At literally as the end, as I was saying, focus. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, honestly, um, I found the crawl probably, um, I was more interested in literally what happened between these two movies than I should have been. I was like, wait a minute. So the first order like took control of the galaxy, but how, why? Like 
They just like showed up and told the Republic, hey, you guys belong to us again. And they were like, all right, yeah, hey, cool, well, bro. Yeah, there was something I was trying to figure out, and it was kind of like there must have been a a little bit of time between seven and eight, but it, but then they ended up like kind of, but there couldn't have been that much because then the ray when they go to Ray, it's immediately taking picking up from where the end of the first movie was, and then what she does from there matters to the stuff that's going on, and so you realize there couldn't have been too much time. So I don't think you missed anything is what yeah. I'm getting at. And so apparently the First Order, they kind of set up, too, that the First Order just seems like the ball's kind of in their court. Yeah. No one can really match them or no one really wants to match them. And so you just kind of got to go with that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, honestly, uh, I found this crawl probably the most uninformative out of all of them it kind of it kind of was and that's what i was realizing was what were they going to put in it (laughs) when because there was nothing that we really needed to be caught up on yeah but they still need to figure out a way to have the three paragraphs (laughs) and so it just kind of reminded it was kind of more of like a reminder of the things going on and so anyway let's go ahead and go uh from there the first sequence of this movie i really enjoyed yeah, uh, kind of, okay. kind of Poe coming up in his X-wing, and just like that whole sequence with him and Hux, I, I found that really enjoyable. Just the whole like, I'm holding for Hux. <laughs> yeah, this is Hux. Can you hear me? <laughs> just like making Hux angry to basically stall, so he could blow all the cannons off the destroyer. I, I just found that kind of a, again, just reminding you like this is this is Star Wars. We're here to have fun, even though there's still some weighty things we're still having fun so i don't know i just kind of enjoyed that 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 mixture there and just to give poe kind of the cool opening to the movie so yeah i thought it was i thought it was pretty cool um uh it was kind of a nice opening for for what happens later uh in that whole that whole battle scene and because it gets really like dark and kind of sad and I thought, well, that was a nice little way of them kind of, like, relaxing you. and Yeah, and it also, it really cues you in on Poe. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And then the dark and sad that you're, you're referring to sets up really the whole journey of his character of this movie. Yeah. Of him learning that it can't all just be go blow up stuff. That you actually have to make real leadership decisions. You can't just go all uh, half-cocked and do everything. And so um, it just kind of set up all that and at the same time made a really cool, fun uh, first Star Star Wars sequence. Because a lot of times these movies start with something really like, you know, if you think even back to A New Hope, you know, it starts with the Star Destroyer coming over and covering the screen and it's shooting at the shooting at the rebel ship. And they always start with something like really like sinister going on, whereas this started (laughs) with something that was kind of like more fun than sinister. But I think, like you said, it was because it was going to lead into something that was pretty weighty. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so just kind of, I don't know, just kind of brought you into, like, oh, yeah, here I am in a Star Wars movie, X-Wings flying around, shooting off cannons, BB-8s being all all BB-8-ish. And, uh, but let's kind of go from there. Um, I don't know, what do you think about, it's, I don't really know how to tackle this exactly. What do you think just overall with, like, 
tone of this movie. Oh, man. I don't know what to say to that because the tone of this movie was all over the place. Like, certain parts of it were trying to be uh, tense. Other parts were trying to be hopeful. Other parts were... I don't know. I don't really know what to describe what was going on with Ray and Luke. That whole kind of kind of get an idea of why Luke is on this island, literally out on a planet out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's just it was so uneven. It's it really did lack coercion. It's probably uh, one of the reasons cohesion why, cohesion. And it's probably one of the reasons why I'm still, like, on the fence of, was this a good movie? Was this a bad movie? Yeah, I'm still undecided, folks. Um, and <laughs> I might I might have to wait till it comes out uh, on Blu-ray and maybe just rent it and, like, kind of watch it a few more, one more time because this movie's a little long. It's a lot to take in. And before I could really decide... I know Steven has his opinion that it was pretty great, but Yeah, but but at the same time I don't I don't throw your I don't throw you out like yeah. you're not the baby of the bathwater here throwing you out, but because I felt the same way about Rogue One, where I was like, I think I liked it. I need to watch it again. And then I watched it again too. Uh like like later just cuz I just couldn't quite nail down how I felt about it. And I ended up kind of how I came to Rogue One because I'm not going to be one of those crazy fans that has to be all either absolute hate or absolute love i just kind of ended up being like okay with rogue one i was like okay yeah Yeah. it was fun it was fun you know i I enjoyed i enjoyed it for the most part and it was still pretty star warsy it 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 just i had to like set aside all of the expectations and i think that's kind of what happened with last jedi is there were so many theories yeah that it ended up bogging people down when they just took a dump on everybody's theories (laughs) In this movie, yeah, I don't so. think, I don't think there's been so many theories for one movie. Oh my gosh, I don't think ever, not in our lifetime. Yeah, there was a movie about how Luke was really controlling, uh, was really Snoke. There was another one that Ray was somehow an offshoot of uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. There was one that uh, Kylo Ren was secretly. Like on a mission from Luke to take down Snow. I forgot about that one. Yeah, just so many that uh, BB-8 was behind it all, and he was like the real. And mastermind. you can't throw out Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> People were still trying to keep that alive. So or that or that R2 really knew what was going on. He just didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm going back to uh, low power mode. See you guys later or yeah. not. Yeah. Whatever. Or that. This was actually all Lando's doing, and that's why we haven't seen him yet. He was going to be – he still could be the man behind the curtain in the third one. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. You really saw the curse of the internet from this new Star Wars. And I think it it, <laughs> it all just has to do with people getting too hyped up. I mean, ooh, who's, who's Ray's parents? Who? Where did Snoke come from, you know? Um What's going on with Luke? All, you know, people were just, like, firing themselves up, I think. Yeah. They they built these expectations, I don't think, I don't think they, uh, 
that they could have really ever delivered. No. And I think that's why I ended up liking the movie, because I had my theories, but I wasn't like, they weren't gospel. Yeah. Like, I was just like, I had my ideas of who Ray's family could be. I had my ideas of what they were going to do with Luke. I had my ideas of what they were going to do with Snoke, or who Snoke even was. But at the end of the day, I was like, those are just my ideas. I just got to see what they do with it, and then just just think back on if I liked if I liked it, if I thought they still did a good job with it. So, yeah. That's what it's, that's kind of what hurts this this movie. And I think we this is just we're just seeing it on a bigger level just because everybody's a Star Wars fan now. Yeah. So we're seeing it on a larger level of what really happens every time a new Marvel movie comes out or even DC where it's like, "Dude, that's not my Batman or that's not my Iron Man or that's not my Spider-Man." And it's like, "Uh, okay." Sorry that they had a creative idea or something, you know, and, yeah. and, and even if their ideas aren't always good, you know, it's like you can't just be like, it's kind of like what to get, to get political because I, I love to get political, <laughs> but this whole like not my president hashtag, <laughs> it's like, well, he's still the president. I mean, I don't really care for him a whole lot either, but I still have to just be like, he's still a president. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of like that. It's like, well, okay, but this is what they did. <laughs> it's not worth, you know, losing your mind over petitioning that they, whatever, erase the movie from existence or I don't know. There's all this dumb stuff. Anyway, yeah. To get back on track with this movie, <laughs> I'm surprised. How did you feel about the porg? <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't a rally where they were b- burning Ryan Johnson in effigy. Honestly, <laughs> burning in effigy. Yeah, it like, is. That's true. It's pretty surprising. Like I'm surprised there wasn't like like mobs of people showing up at Disney headquarters, you know, with signs, <laughs> "No more Johnson." <laughs> And then, like, there's that one person holding a stick with Ryan Johnson's face attached to a dummy <laughs> that's hanging from a rope from the stick. Yeah, it's just like, uh, like if we like, because I think there's one. Th- I think all of the shows that Americans get worked up about the right things. <laughs> <laughs> I guess <laughs> because if there's anything we should be really getting worked up about, it's. The last, how the last Jedi turned out, and whether or not Rogue One was actually good. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> oh, y'all. It, I mean, we all like to have fun or whatever, and things like that. Um, but I think we all just need to understand that no movie's perfect. I mean, we just did our favorites podcast, and our most favorite movies of the year still had flaws. Yeah, it weren't perfect. I mean, you can. It's just just the way it is <laughs> not every movie can be ladybird guys i mean <laughs> oh yeah i just want i just feel like it's one of those things where there's this critic out there that really didn't like it that much <laughs> but was like so afraid to be the one critic where they're just like you know what i think i'm just gonna say i like it because i'm i'm scared because that's what i have with toy story 3 it had 100 percent, and then that one critic and then they were dissecting everything that one critic said like well they were just they just wanted to be different and decisive. Oh, gal. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, it's a shame that Roger Ebert's not around anymore because 
He actually, I don't know how he did this. The man could sum up a movie in basically like two sentences. Like two sentences. He could, and he also wrote probably some of the most well-written essays. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was insane. Um, I think if he was around, though, he could probably uh, make sense of this movie for me. <laughs> Um, because I'm just, uh, you, you, I'm you, really just, struck. you know, maybe you should see if Leonard Malton saw it because <laughs> I, I feel like Leonard Malton is kind of like, kind of like the one we forget about. He's still alive. He's still reviewing and the guy, whether you agree with him or not, always has an interesting conclusion he comes to on why he liked or disliked a movie. So maybe, maybe we should see if, uh, Leonard Malton did anything on Last Jedi. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that'll help you fill that Roger Ebert <laughs> void you feel. Oh uh, man! All right, we should probably go into the the porgs. actual. We haven't talked about porgs yet. Oh <laughs> my god, they were annoying. <laughs> they they were what they were. Uh, I guess I it they were just kind of there. I think they just wanted to have somebody for Chewbacca to play off with for a few scenes, and so it was like whatever. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. really that big of a deal to me, one way or the other. They were just kind of the thing that was. Kind of helped give maybe even that island Octu. Um, some character just you, having some sort of life there. You know, there actually seemed to be a lot of life on that little island. Well, there was the caretakers. Yeah, and then you had whatever that giant, the sea, that walrus thing that he, <laughs> that he milks. That was the oh, that was easily the most awkward Star Wars scene in all Star Wars. And then, and well, then, that and when Padme looks at Anakin and goes, "I truly, deeply." Love you. And you don't feel anything. <laughs> Maybe that's still most awkward, just in terms of chemistry between two actors. But Luke milking that walrus thing was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, the sea... I don't know what to call it. I mean... Sea cow? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a manatee. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the space manatee? Space, I don't know. Space, <laughs> the Octu <laughs> sea cow. Oh, that scene was really off-putting. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it was interesting because... It ends up kind of serving a little bit of purpose because she's just like, oh, I can see you're so busy, you know, because she's, she's like just following him around, you know, and being like, showing that sh- that she's that she's there to be trained and is not going to leave till she is. And she just sees him just going through these daily routines that are just really meaningless. Yeah. Like getting milk and fishing, pole, pole vaulting across a cliff to stab a fish. <laughs> So I was why why didn't he just use the force and lift the fish out of the water? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. And so uh, I, I, but honestly, at the end of the day, the Luke Ray stuff was—you got to admit—some of the highlights of the movie. Oh man, was it though? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. This is what I need to ask you. This is the most important question in terms of this particular podcast not, okay. not in like the universe or anything when luke skywalker threw the lightsaber over his shoulder what how did you feel uh well the phrase wtf popped in my mind okay you didn't like it no and there that i rest my case right there. yeah because if you if you couldn't buy into that being luke skywalker the this luke skywalker who's like really seeing the ramifications of of power and having his doubts about the Jedi and and everything. Cause that's essentially what is going on. He's doubting 
and and really, when you look at the history of the Jedi, as we've seen in the movies, they're failures. They fail more than they succeed. And so Luke is saying, maybe the Jedi need need to end, you know. And so that's what's happening in that moment. He go that her reaching out is her saying, "I'm ready to be trained." And him flipping it over his shoulder is him saying, no. <laughs> like, the Jedi the Jedi need to be no more. He's just lost all faith. Not necessarily in the Force, but in the Jedi. The Jedi Order. And so, I, I didn't know what to think about that. And then as the movie went on and I see more who Luke is at this point in life, 30 years after we've seen him last, I was like, okay. All right, let's see. Let's see where they go. Then I understand his motives now. I I've learned to be okay, but that's and that's what I'm saying to you. If you, if right right there, you're like, oh, and then that's all you can think about is Luke doing that. You're not gonna like the movie, <laughs> honestly, especially the Luke stuff. Honestly, um, I found all his reasoning to be kind of just BS. <laughs> okay, and even Yoda essentially summed it up in his own way, like. You know, you're still... He did, but Luke you're but still, Luke was wrong. That's the thing. Like, I'm not... Luke, we, we know what Luke's motives were. And Yoda basically tells him, yeah, that's a load of BS. But that's why Yoda was there. Yeah, and I just, I just feel it's kind of... Whoever wrote that scene or had it put in there was maybe trying to be the voice of reason in this whole movie. Yoda? Yeah. Well, whoever wrote it. The Yoda scene? Yeah. Well, I think it was all part of the plan because Luke was eventually going to have to, quote unquote, leave Ock 2. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that later. But, you know, and so, but since he's set up as being reluctant and, and actually cut himself off from the force, which I found interesting also, uh, it was all leading to him needing something because Ray wasn't going to do it. Ray just wasn't going to do it. And R2 had a good moment where he tried to bring Luke around with showing him the original Leia recording. And I liked that where Luke was like, well, that's a cheap shot. (laughs) But, you know, and R2 was just trying to say, I mean, come on, man. There was a time when everybody thought it was hopeless and you were the voice of hope. You need to you need to be a part of that hope again. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, I I, honestly, this was this was the best luke arc we've ever seen because luke has always just been one dimensionally like i'm the whiny teenager and then he becomes like the voice of optimism and hope but now we're seeing luke like losing that hope and it was interesting it was interesting and meaningful and it also ended up being something that benefited ray's progression and seeing luke be that and and overcome that I don't know, I just feel like the way the movie presented it, like, okay, going back to that whole, the Luke from the original trilogy. Yeah. I don't think that Luke, um, and here's my problem with Ryan Johnson, I don't think he would ever got to that point where he considered snuffing out um, Ben Solo while he was asleep, and I feel like he did that just to, like, kind of like throw a throw a wrench into the machinery I just didn't buy it 
And it was like kind of creating moments like that to create like more drama for the character. But at the same time, if you want to go back to old Luke, Luke was tempted with power in the original trilogy. Yeah. Like basically all powerful because that's all the Sith really want because this is the life they live for. They don't they don't become one with the Force. They live for everything now. And so Luke was tempted with all that power and and overcame it, but at the same time, something Jedi always are battling is being drawn to power. And it like, you know, the big power, which is something Anakin for whatever motives, you know, George Lucas gave him motives that we all can have problems with. But ultimately, Vader became the Vader we all know because he wanted that power for whatever reasons, you know, that they they had. And so I think in that moment, it was only a moment. It was just in slow-mo. Luke opens his lightsaber and closes his lightsaber. But, and so I think when you see that moment and he sees who Ben could become... What you're saying is Luke's not allowed to be tempted. And I think everyone has that temptation. He's going because he didn't he didn't act on it, but he was tempted by saying by trying to understand like killing him could stop a lot of hurt. And Luke's whole life has been hurt and pain. And he didn't look like he wanted to kill Ben and ultimately wasn't going to kill Ben. But there was that moment of weakness in the temptation. But unfortunately, Ben saw him in that moment of weakness. And, well, the rest is Kylo Ren history. <laughs> I don't know. That's the problem, though. It's like, yeah, you can you can have these feelings, thoughts, but that's kind of like, oh, man, I need money for all this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I need and I need this money right now. You walk into a bank with a gun, and then it's only going to escalate from there. You can't like, right, but people you do can't, that. Like, go back, but people do that now. Consider consider this idea of you being down on your luck. This this isn't Luke, but just in general, being down on your luck in that case, and knowing you have a power to take care of that unluckiness in your life. You wouldn't be tempted to use the power you have to change your luck? Um, well, you see, that would be me. I wouldn't think Luke Skywalker would be able to do that. Right. And again, I go to like kind of point number two, because it still goes back to the flipping of the lightsaber over the shoulder. If you're not on board for the Luke that's set up from that moment, you're not going to like anything else in the yeah. movie. And because that was the thing, I I just realized like I'm on board if they set up good enough motives for why he's this way and i personally feel like they did yeah i just didn't i didn't buy into it i mean i didn't buy into a lot of things uh there were some things in this movie that i was able to accept the fact that poe is kind of dangerous let's let's do that let's let because you're you you're the voice of negative negativity right now you know for the most part like again I, i mean there are problems with this movie but what are your pros? All right, the pros would be uh the whole arc with Poe I thought was Okay. uh really the best in the whole story. Oscar Isaac is just great. Yeah. <laughs> um Laura Dern's character on the flip side of that was actually pretty pretty good. She did a really good job. I mean, 
that's she was unnecessary. But what they had her do yeah. because okay, since we're doing a spoiler review, I'm going to throw this at you, and I swear it's going to change your mind. Okay, on how she is absolutely unnecessary. So Admiral Akbar was there, right? Yeah. Why couldn't he have done what she did? Imagine if okay. So get this, he stays behind. Because he's Admiral Akbar, and we know he's awesome already, and is willing to do anything for the resistance. And they they're going off, and he light speeds at the ship, and he goes, "I'm the trap," <laughs> and he slams it down and light speeds in. Imagine how much more how much more gratifying that'd be if Akbar gave himself up to save the resistance. How much more that would mean, and then he wouldn't just like blow out into space like they had him do because that was a problem i had which is why did they even have akbar there if he was just going to meaninglessly die yeah but if he was the trap that's the ultimate character arc <laughs> and then it would that's... be a whole new line of shirts i'm the trap <laughs> anyway that's my way of how laura dern was superfluous or whatever the word yeah. is and how it could have akbar could have stayed behind and been the trap yeah <laughs> But here's the thing, at the same time that whole that whole story is kind of really doesn't make any sense. It's like they're they're essentially speeding away from this imperial fleet. No, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, in fact a lot a lot of that is one of my problems with the movie. In yeah. fact, Laura Dern is one of my negatives, which is funny oh. you liked her because she didn't mean anything. And she is she ultimately just becomes a reminder that the House of Mouse runs Star Wars because it's like we need another woman leader, you know, especially. Well, see, here's what I thought at first. Now that uh, Carrie Fisher's dead, we need another woman leader. Well, Lord Dern's dead now, too, in the Star Wars movie. But I just feel like it was just like another way to have like a woman thing, because I, I think that was one of the things House of Mouse just attached to is how there was like Star Wars just naturally had all these woman leaders like Mon Mothma and things like that. And they're just like, oh, yeah, let's keep having these woman things. That's why that stupid show Forces of Destiny exists, because they just want to have more weird female. <laughs> like, let's have it all from a female perspective, which is fine if it makes sense, you know, but it just felt it just felt silly why Laura Dern was even there. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, okay, so the post storyline, but yeah, again to go back the, for the for the most part, I liked the whole post storyline though was good. I liked yeah. his because he needs to become the leader. He naturally is a leader. You saw that even in his even in his bad decision making of causing a mutiny, people naturally were willing to follow him, and I think Princess, well, whatever General Leia, <laughs> sees that in him that he's naturally someone people gravitate to follow. And so she wants him to become that leader, and he's going to have to be. Uh, what other things, what other positives do you have? Um, well, BB-8 was actually another really good part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, he made the whole uh, Finn and Rose arc go a little smoother, I felt. He helped He helped level out some yeah. some uh, rocky ground. Which, <laughs> that, in it, that in itself, I thought, was... Did you like Benicio del Toro? I don't know what he was trying to do. I think that was Benicio del Toro going a little too far. He likes to do character actor stuff and like throw in little eccentricities, but it's like the stutter was a bit 
jarringly much. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh man, I don't know what he was trying. And I'm to like, do. and then I'm trying to figure out like, is he gonna mean something in the next movie? Or I didn't quite understand the whole Del Toro. Thing. I feel like that was it, and we're never gonna see that character again. And I think, sadly, and I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> oh, it's a slippery slope, man. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. BB-8, another positive for you. Yeah. BB-8 is great. I think we can all. I think we can. All agree on that. That BB-8 is a great droid. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, another great one. And that's the greatest romance in these movies is Poe and BB-8. And so get over it, all you people that try to make other romances. It's Poe and BB-8. Those, and not in a weird way. Just they're they have the ultimate love for each other. Yeah, uh, the whole scene with Yoda, I thought, was actually really powerful. Like for a brief moment. This film rose above itself. But that's what I'm trying to tell you is that that's the scene that made everything you hated about Luke Skywalker come together. And so that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to encourage you with when you rewatch it mm. is to watch it from the perspective that it's ultimately leading to that to that moment. How did you feel about apparently a force ghost can cause a lightning strike? Yeah, <laughs> I don't Well, <laughs> part of me thinks like maybe that's okay because if they're one with the force, maybe that's just part of it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's crazy to think of that Yoda was that powerful as, as I mean, a Jedi. He is, I mean, he is the most powerful Jedi. And then it kind of goes back to what Obi-Wan says, you know, you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than ever. Yeah, like, maybe that does all come together. Yeah. Like maybe, at first I was like, wow, he just like struck lightning from beyond. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy, which... Begs the question, like, why didn't Obi-Wan show up <laughs> at the very end of Return of the Jedi and be like... Well, this it does open a little bit of Pandora's box of, like, could they be, like, the army of the dead? Maybe <laughs> maybe deflect some of that force lightning off of Luke or something. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was an argument I had heard from someone who was talking about seeing this movie mo- like how I am, or it's like, for, for the most part, they liked it, and, and we're definitely on the positive side. Where they were like, you know, in in New Hope, we didn't know anything about some of the Force powers we'd end up seeing in Empire Strikes Back and Return of Jedi, and nobody thought anything anything about it. It wasn't like when the lightning hand showed up in in the next movies, you weren't like, well, they they didn't do that in A New Hope, you know. So there's certain things I guess you just have to like learn to be okay with as long as it isn't ultimately hurting itself. Like that's what's ironic is that. The person who ended up hurting Star Wars the worst was the one who created Star Wars. And that's kind of the sad part. <laughs> George Lucas still ultimately ended up hurting Star Wars the worst, probably. Sadly. Yeah. It was really his 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 baby though, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was his baby to his baby to beat. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Oh man. Uh but that's the ultimate that's the ultimate uh beast that is art. Is that he created something that was so so loved and well regarded by many that it became bigger than him, you know, and I think that's yeah. kind of what hurt him <laughs> in the long run. It became bigger than he could even he could even imagine or ever please anyone with because it was just like because that's how art is, you know, like if it's like Orson Welles, I mean when Citizen Kane's your first movie. Like, where do you go from there? You're 27 years old and you've already made the apex of your life. You, or, you know, the apex of your career, I should say. 
And it's like, you know, it's a bummer. <laughs> it's a bummer when that happens to these to these guys. But I still enjoyed this movie a lot. Uh, it was even even though the Rose and Finn stuff sometimes wasn't the greatest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, back to the whole prose thing. Uh, the whole ending with Luke, I thought was pretty great. Uh, the, my I only... didn't. I liked the Luke thing. They, I, I thought that, and when you go back and rewatch it, it works. <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of knew something was up though. Well, he had a haircut, and yeah, when his, like his was hair was darker, darker hair. Yeah, yeah, because you were like, well, he couldn't have just got a haircut, which would have been <laughs> weird enough if he stopped for a haircut. He would have had to pull his X-wing out of that ocean, by the way. Yeah, and, like, and then well, that's what I was trying to, and I was like, maybe that was a red herring. Like you were supposed to be like. Did he force lift the X-Wing out and it still worked after 30 years? Because that doesn't make sense. Do the caretakers have a secret shuttle? I don't know. And then, so you're trying to figure that out, and then you realize, like, oh, okay. Okay. I see now. <laughs> but, yeah. And that was... was another new force power, right? Where he, where he basically had himself be somewhere he wasn't. Uh, apparently it showed up in the show Rebels. Like oh, did seen. it? You see Yoda do it in that show, which is crazy. Like well, there you go. Apparently, he was stuck on Dagobah, but he still go wherever wherever he pleased. How did you feel about him wiping his shoulder when he came out oh. of being shot, and he kind of <laughs> did the little dust off his shoulder? Thing? I thought that was a nice touch. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I thought that that was like that moment felt like Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah. That felt like Mark Hamill was like, "What if I just brushed my shoulder?" <laughs> it just seems like something he would just oh. naturally do. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I thought the moment with, between uh, Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren was pretty intense. Uh, I thought the ending was really well. It ended pretty well. I mean, it leaves you, yeah, they're crushed, they're defeated, but you still got that little sliver of hope. And then you see the kids talking about how, you know, they, they tried to kill Luke Skywalker, you know. And, and this is another thing I'm bringing you back to, how the whole Luke thing comes together, because... Luke was this legend who didn't want to be remembered as a legend anymore. And then he becomes a legend again by doing this amazing, bringing himself somewhere and facing Kylo Ren thing and saving what was left of the resistance, bringing himself to where he was, he was the spark. He was once again, the spark. Yeah. Uh, And so I thought that was, I, and that was the thing where it does all end up coming together. And then, uh, I like that little kid moment too, where, You see him kind of force pull the broom over, and then the way he kind of holds the broom handle up, it's almost like it's a saber. It's just reminding you that the Jedi aren't over. Whether that kid becomes a Jedi or not doesn't really matter so much as that it's not over. You know, it's it's there's still hope there, and uh, and that and and so ultimately at the end of the day, I don't think they did any damage to Luke. This was just the direction they took with him. You know, but he ultimately became the spark and the legend that he always was, once again. To go back to Ray being trained, how did you <laughs> feel about the whole uh, down in the dark chasm? How did you feel about oh, that sequence? Man. I mean, you know, that, that was kind of her when Luke walks through that area that Yoda has Luke walk yeah, through. Yeah, I was just. I felt it was really unnecessary. And it kind of, I don't know, I feel like 
someone at Lucasfilm was like, you got to have that moment, like, you know, in Empire Strikes Back when Luke went into that cave. And Ryan Johns is like, okay. And then he put his own little spin on it. And it's just. Uh, yeah, I think it did start as that, but I think it ended up. It ended up. Uh, what's it called? Where it transcends that. Because I think it did start as like, you got to have the, you know, where he fights the Vader and you see he he's the face and, you know, like, the, do your version of that. And I, I think it transcends that, though, where he, he figured out a way for it to mean something. Because Rey has never really been dark. She's always been, like, happy, happy-go-lucky, and there's really been no reason for her to be optimistic and happy. And I think that moment reminds you that she does have issues. <laughs> yeah. And because uh, we because Ray we've never really seen Ray's issues. And this movie gave us two scenes where you see there is there is wounds that fester her. And that would be a moment and when Kylo is ripping her down in Snoke's when they're you know, when they're kinda in that place and and he's just like, you're just, your parents are just, just, you know, sold you off for, for drinking money and buried in a potter's grave. And, you know, it kind of had this whole thing where you're reminded that she's, she's very damaged by the fact that she, and I, I think like for all we know, Kylo could have been lying to her or just speculating. Yeah. So we, I mean, that still isn't necessarily solidified, although I'd be okay with it personally, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It, it most likely is. That's what happened. Because right. the idea was most likely the idea was apparently that uh, they wanted Ray to be oh she's she is as powerful as she is not because she's related to the Kenobi's Skywalkers Solos whatever uh, she's just her own thing right and I like that I like that the Force the that the Force like is actually just woke up in her you yeah. know and that she. She is her own standalone person. And and people are like, yeah, but this is the, the episodes are supposed to be the Skywalker saga. Well, they are. Ben. Ben's the <laughs> Skywalker. Because when that's what I'm realizing is at the end of the day, these are Ben's movies. Yeah. Kylo Ren. This movie really ended up being about him becoming his version of the master. <laughs> You know, him superseding Snoke and uh, becoming becoming the, the leader of the First Order and ultimately in his in his world, the Master. And, and so I think when people are, like, all freaking out about the Skywalker thing, it's like, he's a Skywalker. Leia's his mom. Yeah. And these movies end up being a lot about him, which I like because, like I said, you with these Star Wars movies, these newer ones, you end up having an emotional connection to the good people and the bad people more so than in any other Star Wars movie. You know, in the old ones, it's always like, what's Luke going to do next to stop the bad guys? <laughs> you know, whereas in these, you're kind of like, you're kind of in a weird way rooting for him, but also not. And it's just kind of interesting. Yeah. Back to that He's whole. One uh, of the, he, Kylo Ren's one of the best things about this new trilogy. Yeah. Easily. Adam, Adam Driver's. He's actually pretty a pretty good actor. It's a little he's a little shocking. I, I've never really seen him in anything really, but man, I'm really blown away just by his performance, especially in this one. Yeah. But then I I guess he's done some other kind of like 
smaller roles in independent movies where people have said he's really good. But uh, I don't know. He's good in this. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, I don't know. This movie just was so uneven that it didn't, I'm still on the fence about it. And yeah, I think, I think probably it's going to take me a while before I'm like, I figure, <laughs> figure it out if I like it, but it's just, I feel like somewhere down the road, I'm just going to say to myself, yeah, it was, it was okay. I mean, wasn't the best. Wasn't, it wasn't, uh, Anywhere close to being as good as Empire Strikes Back, but <laughs> hey, it was a Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I liked it a lot, and and uh, you know, it didn't. What was weird about this one is when I left Force Awakens, I was like so buzzed and like ready to watch it again right away. And when I left this one, I wasn't, I wasn't like feeling that sort of buzz. But it didn't. But I realized it didn't mean I didn't want to watch it again. It's just that this one ends up things in it end up sitting a lot heavier in you, and uh, and it's a lot to kind of end up taking in and things like that. And 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 I I really feel like this is the first time in a Star Wars movie you really felt the weight of war. You really like all the death seemed to really be yeah. like mean a lot more and hurt a lot more. And even like when they use the lightsabers, you felt the pain of every lightsaber strike, like in that Praetorian Guard sequence. Like every slash of the lightsaber was like you felt like the the power and the death that was coming with that, and it really made it. I don't know how what what happened, uh, how, if what they film how they filmed it differently, but I don't know. I just felt it's probably due to the I, fact that you're actually watching people get cut down, not droids. Well, and it's not just a ship blowing up, but even when there were ships being blown up, I think you're really you're always reminded that it's like. The, the resistance is almost toast. Yeah. And so you're you're really feeling the weight that Leia's feeling where she's like, we just keep losing people, losing people. Like, you know, like, and again, this is all going back to me trying to urge you that that's the whole point of the Luke storyline is him. Him, has, he's already given up. And his sister is trying to not give up, but is trying to understand how she, how they have any hope, you know? And so, and that's why I said, that's why I think for the most part, this movie, this movie works. You just have to understand what this movie was really doing. Um, it really, I, when I left it the first time, I was like, okay, I see why they gave him another trilogy. Because I think Ryan Johnson, he set up a lot of interesting ideas and kind of fleshed out kind of a world that was really just kind of like, one dimensional lot. He's like the desert world, the world where they just ball, have a bar <laughs> or something yeah. and things like that. And it's like, well, let's, let's, let's build on these things a little bit. Let's give it a little more character and meaning in that. And, and even if it didn't all work, I think a lot of it stuck in my, in my opinion that even, you know, cause there were things that just didn't totally pan out. I think totally, but I think enough stuck where it worked but again, that's me. So let's 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 bring this all together. Uh, try to wrap this review up before we go too long, longer than we ever thought we were. <laughs> and uh, Dakota, where, like, just uh, right now, where are you sitting, kind of just grade wise, like the A to F scale? Oh man, I'd probably give it a C minus. C minus. Okay. All right, it's fair. 
I I don't really blame anyone that doesn't know how to feel about this movie because from the minute you, it started, like you just tell it was gonna be polarizing, <laughs> and not just because it was a Star Wars movie. But uh, for me, I guess this, my I said this a little higher, uh, just in terms of visually, it's it's filmed great, uh, and I I really liked really all the storylines in this movie. Uh, with the exception to uh, of all, I should say all the main character storylines in this movie, with the exception of they didn't. Re- I think they really didn't know quite how to use Finn to his potential and so yeah. i think that kind of that one kind of hurt but otherwise i thought everyone else i i understood their motives and i thought it mattered and was cool i liked how they used the old cast and their motives were were there and i i appreciated just everything they kind of did with this just to kind of take this star wars in a new and still familiar direction and so i guess all that being said i give it more in the in the area of probably like a, right now like a B plus, mm, B so plus, I, huh? So I sit quite a bit higher than you. Apparently. I guess. So I loved how they used Yoda in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a really neat way to bring him back and just uh, kind of Yoda is kind of like the, the kind of like R two D two in a way where he's kind of like <laughs> he's kind of a connective tissue that reminds you that you're in the Star Wars world. Yeah. And uh, even almost even more so than Luke, you know, and so uh, so and then and then but he wasn't just there to be there. He mattered. And so I really enjoyed that, that he was there and mattered. And that was really a neat way to bring him back. And it was just fun to see him in that way and seem like right. Like he seemed to be working correctly. It wasn't like <laughs> a weird CGI thing or a weird puppet. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's kind of where I am with that. And maybe when. uh when the solo movie comes out this summer, we can. Well, by then we'll have digested this one a little bit more and see if we've changed it all and see if we even oh. care about the solo movie at all. So, uh, that being said, we're gonna bring this to a close. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check us out on Facebook and Twitter if you don't already. Subscribe to us on any of those places. Uh, we are at also like uh, we put these up on YouTube, they're on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever place you happen to listen to podcasts on those subscriptions uh just really mean a lot to us and and uh the more we have just the more steam we have in a lot of ways just for for our motivation and for just getting the word out there more so we hope you do that too and we thank you ahead of time for those of you that do that and we thank those of you that do and so with that we'll bring you to close this is steven this is dakota take it easy 